this episode. Currently in hard lockdown. Have you it's on good podcast? to see anyone, Sean. <laughs> well, <laughs> indeed. By the way, Sarah Jane, do you know anything about story? And he said to me, oh, you're a story spotter. That you don't hear voices in your head. Those are the voices in your head telling you that. <laughs> so the big lesson is, what do you feel about the story that you're telling? And so he would tell himself, okay, Paul, you've got to switch the lights to vaudeville. Unleash your inner thespian. <laughs> and again. Oh, like, no. <laughs> how you tell the story, which is the sort of subject of, I think, what we're going to be talking mm, today. Yeah. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. You're in for a real treat today because we've got some folks on the podcast who are very, very experienced in the, uh, the world of story and work with some of the biggest companies in the world. And I'm talking about Sarah Jane McKechnie and David Pullen, based in the UK, currently in hard lockdown. They are partners in delivering the Story Powered Sales Program, and they have just this week had a bit of a milestone in their business where they've rebranded from the very, very imaginative McKechnie Pullen Limited <laughs> to the storyspotters.com. Hey, welcome, guys. There it's uh, so great to see you here and have you it's on It's good podcast. to see anyone, Sean. <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. So you must tell us, maybe we should start with a little bit about this, this rebranding. What, um, tell us a little bit about the story spotters and what, where that came up, came from. Go on, Sarah Jane, you take that one. Well, I mean, as, as Mark said, um, McKechnie Pullen really didn't cut it. I, I remember there was a, a time a few years ago now when I was working with um, a, a client and I'd done a work, I'd helped her co-create a workshop mm -hmm. and I was uh, back with her, uh, I guess it doing some feedback on it and, and doing a bit, a bit of a kind of uh, recap on it and everything. And she said to me, um, by the way, Sarah Jane, do you know anything about story? Because I think I need to learn a little bit more about it. And I was absolutely flabbergasted because I thought, that's all we've been doing. Your workshop, which was in huge success. And, uh, you know, everybody came out of it, you know, buzzing with ideas. And it's been, you know, your organisation has thought it was marvellous. Um, it was all about story. They, they, everybody was, was wow. talking about story, discovering through stories throughout it. And she hadn't clocked it. Really? And, wow. and yes. Yeah. And uh, now I don't know, it, it could have been because of the fact that I wasn't saying the word story every second minute, I don't know. But um, I was just taking her through the, the uh, sort of coaching her through her ideas really and how she developed those, those stories. But um, uh, it made me think actually that that we're not, we weren't as an organization really putting what we did, headlining it. Right. And, yeah. and that probably came through actually. I, it, it was surreptitious what we were doing, but it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't headlining it for her. Yeah. A bit so, of upfront, brand, upfront branding is our advertising director, exactly. someone tells us. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, so, that's helpful to have that input. Absolutely. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. It's interesting, actually, you know, but that's one of the joys of lockdown. It's one of the good things that came out of that was the name, because I was doing some uh, some co-coaching with a guy called Neil Bearden at INSEAD in Singapore. Well, it was global because, of course, everyone was locked down. Yeah. And when I started doing that with him, he said to me, David, what do you do? And I said, well, predominantly, my work has been about going into major organizations where, you know, they're 
bidding in global tenders and just listening to them and then stopping them when they've got the right story that they need to tell. And he said to me, oh, you're a story spotter. And I thought, oh, hang on, that's, that sounds pretty good, actually. And he said, come back in a week and tell me what a story spotter does. And so I came back and we have these four elements of, of what the story spotters do, which, which Sarah Jane can tell you more about. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> what are those four? Yeah, well, it's it's basically um, the stories you tell, obviously. Right. Um, but then it's also the stories that you hear and the stories that you you kind of garner from people and spot, basically, mm. uh, in order to understand more about the person that you're speaking to or the organisation. Um, it's the stories that you tell yourself, which is a big one, I think, yeah. particularly. Kind of psychological, for, that one. Yeah. A, a, absolutely. And we all do it. I remember, I remember uh, hearing somebody say um, to, to, to an audience, you know, you know, the, um, you know, those voices that you hear in your head. And if you're thinking that you don't hear voices in your head. Those are the voices in your head telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so we all have them. Um, and then there, there are the, the stories that you tell through your behaviors, which I think is really, and particularly when you're telling a story, how, mm. you, how you tell the story, which is the sort of subject of, I think what we're going to be talking mm. today. Yeah. I think that's, that's, a, that's a really, really important thing to, to master. Yeah. To, to understand you know uh, one of the one of the things that we did very early on was develop a framework for spotting stories right mm -hmm. oh. because the thing that we noticed is that people talk about stories but they don't tell stories right? yeah absolutely right. and in fact the, the <laughs> i think the big offender at the moment is websites that say our story uh, I was looking at why. In fact, uh, my friend uh, shot me a. I get text messages from people and me emails sort of saying, "Hey, we found another website that you know says our story and then doesn't actually tell a story." Uh, so I think that's endemic uh, as part. It's of, terrible, uh, and also problem. case studies, which you guys talk about a lot. I mean, case studies are not a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they aren't even close. Not even close. Not even close. It's so, interesting. Today's uh, session, we thought it'd be great to explore this idea of, you know, the delivery element of storytelling, right? You know, that relationship between the story and the storyteller and, and, and that, that sort of dance that goes on. And I know it's something that you both have been really focused on and, and, and helped, you know, thousands of people uh, with that. Mm. I mean, what are some of the big lessons that, I guess you've drawn from that experience. Like what are, what are the things that have jumped out to you as things that happen over and over again in, in getting that, I don't know, the delivery right of storytelling? Actually, I think one of the big things for me is, is people not really understanding how they feel about the story that they're talking about. I mean, it doesn't have to be big sort of primary color, color feelings. I mean, sometimes it's enough to say to people, is this good news or bad news? And actually just to get them to understand about what it is that they're talking about. I remember back in, when I actually when I first started in this game was back in the late nineties. And I was an actor at the time, I was working in the West End in London, but I was also teaching at a drama school and they asked me to, to do a, 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 a transferable skills course. And it was a two day course and people from Barclays and 
PNB, BNP Paribas and all sorts of people used to come to that. And there was a lot of breathing exercises and acting stuff, which quite <laughs> frankly is a waste of time. But there was one exercise which I used to do on day two, which actually Sarah Jane told me about. And essentially it's getting two people together for quite a period of time, for about an hour. One of them tells the other story, a story about um, somewhere where they've overcome something in their life right. and achieved something that they didn't think was possible. And you tell the story to the other person, the other person has to understand it to such an extent that they can tell it back to the group but in the first person, as if it had happened to them. Right. So they have to really understand how the person felt. And the interesting thing was, is I remember in that class, there were, in, in fact, it was a woman who I ended up doing a lot of work with, a coach who ended up getting me in saying, she said to me, David, the great thing about that is, have you noticed that people, there are actually tears in people's eyes when they're hearing their stories back to them because they realize how courageous they've been. The stories that people find in their courage and, you know, we had people delivering babies in the back of cars and hanging out of helicopters in Belize and, you know, putting their child's dislocated toe back in and stuff. It was extraordinary. I mean, yeah. but people people hadn't really connected. So the big lesson is, what do you feel about the story that you're telling? Yeah. Hey, you know, I had a weird situation happen in relation to that. <laughs> uh, I used to tell this story about how I met Dave Snowden, who I don't know if you know David, but he's, he's quite a character uh, used to be a, a colleague of mine at IBM but he's he's a <laughs> fascinating fellow um, you know must be genius level guy I reckon but uh, I had this story I told about David how I met David it was sort of like a connection story right mm -hmm. and 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 in the workshops I would ask people what people inferred about me based on the story and for years as I told this story people provide all this positive feedback you know like you know you're you're someone who's willing to take risks and you know your empathy you know they, they reel off five or six positive things right and then i had this i don't know falling out with dave let's put it oh that, that that's a word falling out <laughs> yes. falling there's out a with story dave. there there's another story there's another story there but I, th then the next week i'm in a workshop and i'm telling the same story and then at the end i say so what do you know? And to me, it's exactly the same story. I then get feedback. Um, uh, you're arrogant. You're, you know, like all these negative um, characteristics. And I went, God, that's weird. And I, I just put it down to that must be a weird group. And then I did it again. And I got this another set of negative. So I stopped telling that story. <laughs> I've since patched it up with Dave. I, maybe I can tell that story again. But it just shows you there's something really, as you sort of say, in your... I don't know. Some, I couldn't detect that I was telling it differently, but the audience oh, could. Yeah, it's like, it's, how do you feel about that story? And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like sub, subliminal. Yeah. Or subconscious. It and it, it but it comes and it out. Transmits. Yeah. Well, it is uh, and you can't right? fake it. Sorry, Sarah Jane. Mm. No, well, it's just, it's, that's <clears> the bit, which is the story that you're telling yourself. And we, sometimes we don't even know what we're telling ourselves, you know, until sure. we, until we sit and think about it. Yeah. But it yeah. Tell that story about the guy, the, the, the guy going for the senior partnership <laughs> in that firm, Sarah Jane, that you worked with. Well, it's this, a great this one. is uh, yeah, quite early on actually, when I first started doing this. And um, I was working with somebody who was going for managing partner at a big global um, professional services firm mm -hmm. in London. 
and uh, there were several people up for this and you know they had to kind of parade around doing presentations to the masses uh, in order to get elected and and he uh i was coaching him we 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 we'd sort of discovered what his stories were going to be and but the and i said to him but he had one flaw which i didn't really understand he said i said why do you speak so quietly and and he said well i don't hmm. and i thought well this is this obviously this was a story that he was telling himself because it came over as really arrogant because everybody had to lead it lean in so i thought i said to him, okay so i'll tell you what we're going to do let's um video your um do that presentation again let's video it and then um you can sort of give yourself some feedback on whether you think the stories are right and all that sort of thing he said fine so he did it and then i played it back to him he said why have you turned the volume down and i said <laughs> i said i haven't turned the volume down right that is how quietly you are speaking and to be honest because it's like that it looks like you are you you come over as arrogant yeah and so it was yeah, a bit and, and he didn't really understand you know it's it's amazing how uh, and often i have people saying to me well i know i this is how i speak i don't speak any louder than this and that you know this is the level that they're speaking I right guess. right and i said <laughs> and, and then i said well look if if you saw somebody uh, running into the road to try and get, would you not shout at them and yell for them to get out of the way of the oncoming car? Of course you would. It's not, it's, it's that you're choosing not to. So I think that the interesting thing is about how the way that you say things, if you don't inject what you're saying mm. with energy and that that sort of authentic energy, uh, and yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, and particularly in a professional in a professional situation, I think yeah. this is incredibly important. Yeah, well, I think that authentic is key, Mark, yeah. uh, Mark and Sean. Sorry. Well, I mean, if tell I go me a little on, bit more about that, because whenever I hear that word, I remember, <clears throat> I'm starting to get a bit jaded of the word, and I'm thinking authentic. Which word? What, what does it really mean? I'm so mean? glad you say that. Come on. Yeah. Well. <laughs> actually, one of the things that Sarah, actually, that's an interesting thing. One of the things that Sarah Jane and I do do is actually get people to broaden their, 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 their concept of what authentic is for them. And I remember there was a, there was a psychotherapist friend of mine who said to me many years ago, he said, David, there is no such thing as David Pullen. There is a, there is a busload of David Pullens and you have to treat every situation in life like a bus stop. And your decision is which one gets out to meet that situation. And so I think with, in any business meeting, in any in any uh, presentation, in any networking event, whatever it is, they are all different situations. You have to choose which one of you is coming out to greet that situation. And there are, there are different facets of us which are necessary for different situations, which are all authentic. But get yeah. it wrong and you get it badly wrong. Mm. You can't act. Prime, it's not one of our acting. prime ministers used to say, uh, Paul Keating used to say that, you know, he wasn't much for you know, the, uh, the sort of networking chit-chat conversation. And, and so he would tell himself, okay, Paul, you got to switch the lights to vaudeville. And that was his, uh, that was his little way of saying, this is, the, this is the Paul Keating that's getting off the bus right now. You know, that's yeah. interesting. I do the same. Yeah. And we, yeah, we all have that eyes and teeth. <laughs> yes, it, it's showtime. In, our, in us, in yeah. showtime in us, I think. 
But it's really important that that it, 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 as you were saying that, Sarah Jane, it made me think what you were telling to that person who you were coaching was they had to care for the audience. They, it was about uh, caring no, that it was received. Absolutely. Because because the perception that, that he exactly. was giving was not one of care and he did care. Yeah. And so, it, you know, we can scupper ourselves. So the and I, I think in that kind of situation, you, you know, if you've got a good message, mm then um, you need to back your message with the perception that you're giving. Mm. And, how, do you, think... how do you uh, protect against um, a leader ending up performing their story? Do you know what I mean? I do. Let me yeah. tell you a story. <laughs> uh, you've got a story so, about that, David? I've got a story. I can't believe that. Story We've for seen everything, it all mate. before. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have thought? <laughs> Actually, Sarah Jane's point about filming them is really important. I, I, I remember back in the, in fact, it was when Sarah Jane and I first started working together in 2004. Um, I went to Switzerland. I was working with a, a guy who was a tax expert who was talking about some tax reform in one of the cantons there. And I don't think he really knew why he was facing this bloke called David Pullen to work on, on this speech. And he had lots of great stories in there. And he said, oh, I've done tons of this stuff. Don't worry about it. And I said to him, OK, well, why don't you do it for me? And he started doing his presentation with all of these great stories. And his arms were all over the place and he was pulling faces. And it was like washing in the wind. It was like watching washing flapping around on a hill's hoist. And it was um, and you think, I don't know what um, I, I said to him. That's interesting. Should we have a look back at that? He looked back and he said, what am I doing? And I said, exactly. It's not really congruent with what your message is. I mean, just how you put yourself into it. Absolutely. I mean, your whole body is a, was it Ken Robinson famously says that people treat their bodies as a, as a means to move their head from meeting to meeting. And it was, a, and you know, get your whole body into your communication, but don't flap around, make it congruent, make the whole thing joined up. So camera yes. certainly helps. Yeah, I do one. I do worry. You've seen that, Mark, haven't you? You know, sort of the, oh, oh, uh, way, way too many times. Horrible. Um, Horrible. So one of the so I, I hear a number of pieces of advice that I just I mean, I, I it's, it's like grown factor 10. Um, so so when you're telling a story, um, uh, don't be as uh, don't say you're sad, be sad. Ooh. Like I've actually seen people give that advice. I'm like, ah. you hang on. We're not at, we're not on the stage here. No, um, no, this is a leader talking to people, and so uh, the you know that sort of advice is is it's it's terrible advice for a leader. Terrible and the advice. other one, yeah, it is. It's uh, the other one is uh, uh, unleash your inner thespian. <laughs> and again, oh like, no, don't <laughs> like, just don't do, do that. But, don't. but seriously, like. Uh, yeah, and it's, I say to people, if you hear someone give you that advice, throw them out of the building. <laughs> well, that's just bad acting, isn't it? It's it is bad, bad acting. acting. Yeah. It's yeah. bad acting. God, God, absolutely. God help us from bad actors. Yeah. Actually, that, oh, look, that, I, I, that, I, that point of... Um, oh, sorry, Mark, keep going. You, you were going I, to finish your so, point there. Uh, for me, there's a huge difference between presentation skills and delivering yep. a story. And so a few years ago, I mean, I've seen so many examples, of this, but just one really stark example was that uh, Sean and I were actually sitting together at the Melbourne Convention Centre, uh, oh, 2019, March 2019. Yeah, I'd say. That, um, yeah. Patrick Lencioni was, uh, had oh, yeah. the whole morning session. Brilliant. Absolutely stunning speaker. Three hours, knocked it out of the park. 
and Sean and I went out at, uh, at, at lunchtime and at the break and we were mingling and talking to people and everyone's raving about how good Lencioni was, how authentic. And, and so mm-hmm. we're just going, so do you know what it was that he did? And people are going, oh, no. It's like, well, anyway, one, one lady, uh, it was actually Jackie Williamson, uh, she said, oh, I know what he did. He told a story. Every time he wanted to make a point, he introduced the topic, mm-hmm. he gave an yep. example, and then he unpacked it. And he just did yep. that for three hours. And I don't think he said the word story once. Brilliant. And, and it was yeah. it was wonderful. And then straight after lunch, uh, I'm not going to say this person's name, um, introduced as one of America's leading speakers. And, oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Your face so, says it so, all, mate. Yeah, unfortunately, the podcast listeners don't get to see my face. So no, I'm going to have to describe it in a bit more detail. Listeners, but, but she's Mark Schenk is looking horrified. And, and her, <laughs> her, her voice was modulated. And she would talk very, oh, no, no, and, and her arms were, and she would just, and it's like, the data, the, and, and it was like, well, I, I'll tell you how bad it was. Sean grabbed my knee and said, I can't stand this any longer. I'm leaving. And that was That's like fantastic. eight minutes into her talk. <laughs> And yeah. there were people streaming out of the place. Now, here's the thing. She had great presentation skills. Yeah. Wonderful slide deck. She used her arms. She modulated her voice. She moved around the stage. She was completely word perfect. But her delivery was awful. Horrible. And so anyway, so I, I always have this mental difference between presentation skills and delivering good content. Yeah. A great, I, I think a great storyteller is always going to give good presentations. A good yes, presenter exactly. is not necessarily going to tell great stories. True, yeah. true. Yeah. I think this is funny. Go, go, so, go Dave, I want to go back to this point about authenticity, right? Because yeah. I, I think it is important. I know I sort of flippantly uh, mm. uh, sort of... Uh, no, it's a good sort point. Of, sort of when, you know, maybe we talk too much about it. But I have seen it when, it, when, it's, when people are authentic. I mean... It, it, you know, everyone's leaning in and not because they're yeah. speaking, um, you know, too quietly. They're leaning in because they're so engaged with what's been said. The one that mm. sticks in my mind was a leader in a bank um, and she had to present to her division that they had to cut their budget, right? Mm. So it was tough news, right? So she walks into the room and the first thing she said is, you know, everyone, you know, I'm doing a kitchen renovation at the moment. Oh, my God. Have you guys done a kitchen renovation? And everyone's sort of going, yeah, done that. You know, it's painful. Well, we got the quotes. We got the quotes from the builder. Way too expensive. Like what we've spec'd, we can't afford to build. And, uh, and um, so my husband and I and my son, we sat down and we had to make cuts to this thing. And, and it wasn't fun, but we knew we had to do it to get it done. Mm. Says, well, something very similar is happening in the bank at the moment. Um, we've just been given our numbers and I need your help. You know, I need your help to work out how we're going to you know, sort of deal with this. And, and you can see there was like a couple of hundred people in the room and yep. they're all going, it's sort of like this feeling of, okay, so what do we need to do to help? Mm, you know, yeah. it was the attitude was there. And, and it was just, she was just chatting. It wasn't, she wasn't performing anything. She was just segwaying from you know i don't even know if she planned it that way but it just was beautiful to watch i wouldn't be surprised if she had actually yeah. sean there's, a, there's it reminds me actually there's a there's a guy that sarah jane and i are, are really keen on his work called marshall gantz who teaches at harvard mm. kennedy yeah. and the idea of the public narrative which is what is your story 
why is that relevant to the group and why is that relevant now? So it's bringing the personal to the collective and to the moment. And he worked with Obama in Obama's first election campaign. And, and that, to me, that story you tell there is a wonderful example of that, of somebody bringing their personal self to the group and to why it is relevant right here, right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've, I've read some of Gant's work and he's a great um, community organiser, isn't he? And he is. uh, Well, a researcher in that space. Um, yeah. Do you know what was interesting about Obama is that I heard him say that, you know, because when you saw Obama in that first, um, you know, the first run of the presidency, he was telling stories left, right and centre and he, he was a terrific time. storyteller. But then when he got into the presidency, he stopped telling stories, you know. Funny, and then at the end of his presidency, I heard him speak and he's sort of saying, I really made a mistake. Stop. I was advised not to tell the stories. Mm -hmm. And I think it's happened to our politicians all over the place. I think this is so true that people, um, when they get into certain positions, uh, this is in business or politics or whatever, oh, yeah. there is this tremendous pressure to be professional. And, uh, and, you, and you also get loads and loads of media advice as well, which yes. I think can sort of squash any authenticity, to be honest. Yeah. And, and I think this whole thing of being professional what looks professional gets it absolutely in the way. Yeah. Because I think if you're on it, if you're good at your job and you're honest and you care <laughs> and you know what you're doing, you are being professional. Yeah. But you just have to be real with it. Yes. And yeah. I, th I think there's a, and because of the fact that you come up against, um, in situations, you come up against lots of other people who are being professional. So you get it mirrored yeah. back to you all the time. And I think there's a sort of creep that comes in. Uh, so that that in a way is, is is presumably why we keep working because people you know that that that's sort of, <laughs> long may it continue yes <laughs> but that sort of business creep that comes in all of a sudden you get vocabulary as well that means nothing mm, and sure. and um you know the Actually, I have to say, actually, that's interesting because because Sean, sorry, Sarah Jane, I cut straight across you no, and just okay. shouted at you, but but I mean hands up here and sort of admitting when I first got into this work I mean obviously I'd, I'd done I studied screenwriting at university but when I started applying to business Sean yours was one of the first books I read along with Kendall Haven and people like that and what I really like about you guys is what you the, the push and the pull influence that you talk about about there's the push influence of the facts and the data and the numbers etc cetera, etc cetera, and the pull influence of story and I think that that's a really good example that you were saying there. Obama and what Sarah James was just saying there is the professionalism in, a, in inverted commas. People forget that pull influence of the story. And I sometimes think the push influence is like the nail and the pull influence of the story is the hammer that drives those nails home. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting metaphor. The, um, I saw a really poor example of delivery by a politician, our prime minister actually, last night. <laughs> So there's been a real terrible incident that's occurred at the parliament. And that is there was a woman raped uh, in parliament house and happened two years ago, happened in the defense minister's office and the prime minister uh, more or less went on media uh, yesterday to sort of say, he's just been told of this. And, and he tells this little story. He sort of said, I heard this terrible thing and I, I, I spoke to my wife and my wife said that, um, Scott, uh, you really just have to think about this 
as if it might have happened to your daughters, yeah. right? And as he's telling it, he's choking up and, you know, he's sort of, uh, and I must admit, I was, I was, I was looking at it and I, and I just didn't believe the story, you know, like, cause mm-hmm. you know, like, why would you need to ask your wife about the importance of something like this? And like, was he going to say, well, if I didn't have daughters, maybe I, I wasn't going to Terrible. take it seriously. Like, it just had these layers that like talk about Mark and I like to talk about this plausibility. You can have a mind you can have a true story that's implausible. Right. But this story just, it's almost like they've been told now they've been advised to tell some stories, but it's, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be a good one. And I thought he was called Scotty from marketing. Well, this is the thing he's he's renowned for his ability to spin things. And I think, this one has spun in the wrong direction, perhaps. Yeah, no, that's very bad. You do have to be careful about choosing the stories, don't you? I think you're right, Sean. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's that's an interesting point. I mean, even a true story can sound implausible. So it's about really, you've you've got to have a huge amount in the bank, as you as well to use an anecdote phrase, the story bank. Have that have those stories in the bank, and then choose the right one. Yeah, that was a high risk story, I reckon. Um, high risk story you know it would have might have been better to take the emotion out of it and actually not tell a story it might be an opportunity where you wouldn't tell a story well isn't that interesting i think i i, I think that's a great point and i think we're in a time when everyone you only have to go to linkedin and everyone's a story expert at the moment i mean it's a i think you you, you have we have to be very clear that story is not the answer to everything it's a, you know, a story is not going to solve every single problem, but if the problem is right for a story, get the story out. But it's, um, you know, there are I, I, going to be times yeah. when it's not. I think that's right. And I think that, that, that I like to kind of bleed stories into other words, like examples or yeah. painting a picture yeah. for someone. Mm. I think um, the news, you know, wonderful um, New Zealand Prime Minister. I think she's fantastic. Yeah. Oh yes, and, Je- and she does that all the time. She paints pictures. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and she paints emotional pictures. She paints she paints um, very visual pictures for people, and I think that's why she and she's very real. You know, there's not. She's a human being. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I think she brings all of herself to her job, which is why she's been so successful. Yeah, it's interesting that isn't it I think I, I was watching something that I can't remember if it was you Mark or you Sean but you talked about somebody who you, you were analyzing what somebody was doing and you pointed out although they weren't actually telling a story they were using elements of story so you know there was bits of dialogue in there and they used names and they used location and they had a time it wasn't a it wasn't a set piece story as such but there were elements of story in what they were talking about in their conversation in their presentation even which which created they, they were micro stories if you like mm. to create that those snap image, images as Sarah Jane is saying yeah I noticed that Seinfeld does that in his stand-up <laughs> he doesn't tell full-blown stories right mm. but he tells these little micro scenes right the tiny yeah. little scenes and you know and he usually puts them he wraps them with outrage you know that something has happened it's outrage he's outraged by it uh, and yeah. that's his comedy routine. It's, it's obviously served, served him well. Served him have you well. got his book? Oh, I have actually. It's right here. Look at that. Ah, good man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very good. It's not bad when you can just publish all your jokes from the last 40 years or whatever. Yeah. So, not bad. Well, it'd be a side of A4. Yeah. 
Yeah, now we're probably getting close to wrapping up, guys. Um, but is there pleasure. is there things that we want to just finish up on before we uh, wrap wrap up the episode? I can see Mark's me, got a concept. There is there is one thing I think is that you can have people who are really really bad storytellers who can have great impact. But, well, they they're not great. They're very very bad presenters. Yes, perhaps. Yes. Mm. You know, lacking. And Sean, I know you had an example. Of, yeah, yeah, of I know, I've thing. seen this. Has both times were at weddings or sort of wedding-like ceremonies. So my nephew, um, who who we call Scott now, but when he was born, he was Basil Bracken Toucan. Um, but anyway, hippie, <laughs> hippie parents, hippie parents. But um, Scott came to his mum's and their partner's sort of you know commitment ceremony. I think they called it. And, you know, he lives in Thailand. He's a quiet fellow. You know, he's not the sort of guy who's going to stand up and give a speech. But out of the blue, he decided he wanted to say something at his mum's uh, sort of celebration. And he stood up there and probably because he wasn't, no one was expecting it. He spoke probably for about maybe five minutes or so. He was quiet. He sort of, you know, was a bit you know, disorg didn't really know what he was going to say, told this essentially a basic story of how, uh, you know, Fern had met Gabrielle and, you know, it was, it was beautiful. It was, and, you know, the, there wasn't a, a dry eye in the house. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a really lovely piece of storytelling, but without being yeah. a great storyteller. And so it got me thinking about that, that idea of, you know, it's, it's context too. It's, of course it is. You know, of course. Of course. Yeah. And I think it's very diff different when you're in a, that personal situation yeah. than yes. when you are leading an organisation. So, you know, the, 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 the two are very different. Yeah, different worlds, isn't it? He, he could say whatever he wanted from his heart. Yeah, we're so invested in, in him. That's yes, it. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, context is all. But, you know, I reckon there'd be great opportunities for uh, business people to, and I've seen it happen every now and then, where they put aside their speech and they just sort of say, look, I'm just going to put this, I just want to tell it how I see it or, yeah. you know, from my heart or whatever. He may not say that or she may not say that, but essentially that's the message. And I tell you what, that audience would appreciate that far greater than something that's so. been pulled together by the comms department and, yeah. and, and worked over a thousand times. Well, I that's, agree. that's I hopefully where agree. we come in. Yeah. yeah, and we what get, I would say, get. just to no, yeah. just to round that up, Sarah Jane, is that is that even I sometimes say to leaders, nobody has paid good money to come along and see you do your strategy roadshow. So no. you know, you've essentially you're so invested in in that wedding in in, in Indonesia, or, and 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 you know, if you go to a movie, you're so invested, you've literally invested it. You paid money to go there, but nobody pays money to go and see a leader do their, you know, their their roadshow, and so. So there is an element whereby they've got to give it a little bit of something. But I mean, I agree with you. If they could just tell it from the heart, there are things you need to know by heart, which are your numbers. There are things you need to tell from the heart, which are your stories. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Well, guys, it's probably that's probably a nice way to wrap things up. Um, it's been great. Thank you very much for coming along. It's been a real pleasure and great fun chatting. Huge um, fun. For everyone out there, thanks again for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, yeah, tune in next week for another story and another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now.
anecdotally speaking, was engineered by dave stokes from author to audio.